Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful first day of spring. How exciting. That means racing is just ever so close to coming to our area. we got a huge show on tap tonight. Michigan Motorsports History Month continues. Uh, but first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. One week, one race of the weekend got washed out, but the other one did not. Rico Abreu climbed to the top of his number 24 machine as a winner with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series over the weekend. So congratulations to Rico. One start, one win. Uh, Carson Macedo, by the way, claims the spring showdown. It's the 10th series win with uh, with Abreu for him and the World of Outlaws. How about Bubba Pollard, Rich France? I should let you do this part of it. He snubbed Ty Majeski from taking a big old payday. Majeski took the challenge to start at the back of the Rattler and lap traffic gets in the way of the 91 machine. Bubba Pollard says, excuse me, thank you very much. I'll take that out of turn number two. Of course, the lap car gets out of the way, uh, but Majeski could not run back down. Bubba Pollard, who won not only the Rattler, but he also won the Baby Rattler the day before in a surprise to a lot of people getting behind the wheel of a number nine machine. So uh, pretty cool for Bubba Pollard. He's rolling. How about NASCAR at the new Atlanta? I'm not a fan. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, I think Joey Logano won, and that's about. I'm just I'm just including it because I have to. Maybe some other time, Rich, we can talk about New Atlanta because I don't like it at all. And finally, uh, big news broke last week, uh, just about the time that we were uh, wrapping up with our our production. Nashville Fairgrounds board has approved the deal with SMI to come in and renovate Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, but don't buy your plane tickets just yet. This still has to pass through city council. That is the next hurdle that SMI has to get the renovation started at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. They still have to go through Nashville City Council, so we'll still have to wait and see. Three to two, the final vote to get the SMI deal approved through Nashville Fairgrounds. So there you go. That's what's happening. So much more going on tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Good. I guess uh, everybody figured out don't pick off Bubba Pollard a week before, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, he'll, oh, just man. Come, he'll just come and stink up the show for, wow. no, that was a good, you know, he, he, he was pretty strong and had that baby rattler in hand, but uh, boy, what a time of Jeske was looking at 35 grand 
with 15 laps to go. And Bubba swiped it right out of his back pocket. He didn't even know it. Tough deal for sure. Hey, we had a lot of fun this weekend, didn't we? We got a chance to meet up together um, up in Lansing at the uh, Royal Scott Golfing Bowl. And some of our, some I would say probably about 100 or so of our closest friends were there as well to uh, help raise some money with Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Yeah, I had a great time. Uh, what, what was really cool is, um, you know, we saw – Phil Bozell, Andy Bozell, Bryce Bozell, they all, they all, sh- the family showed up to talk uh, about their racing and stuff. And, and, and we hadn't seen them in a while. So that was so cool to, to be able to spend some time with them. Uh, Dustin Daggett was there from the Great Lakes Super Sprints. He got to talk. Jeff Finley got up to speak for a little bit. That was great. And then uh, we're sitting there minding our own, our own business, uh, sucking on a Bud Light. And they say, hey, you guys want to come up and say something. So that was nice. <laughs> that was nice as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good time. Um, great job by everybody. It was really cool. We, Rich and I both were hoping for some swag to put up in our uh, in our respective offices. I ended up with a little Katie Hattinger uh, hat that I'm currently stretching out, to, uh, Katie Hattinger racing hat. I'm going to make it fit. Got my Owasso Speedway swag as well. Um, did you come away with anything? I don't remember. Did you win anything? Yeah, so mine was the first number oh, in the that's raffle right. drawing. <laughs> the very first number. So I figured I get my choice of everything. Right. Right? Very first number out. They said, and I had my do- my eyes on that Chad Finley door. Yep. That number 42. And they said, no, that's sitting on the ground. You have to pick something off the table. Right. You should have so picked, picked the door off the table, off the ground, and put it on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought I'd do. And so then, then they had just a lot of shirts and hats, and obviously my head's too big for most hats, and I'm too fat for any normal guy's shirt. So uh, I did find one that would fit. I got a nice Chad Finley hoodie that fits just perfectly. So thanks, Chad, for donating all the stuff. And uh, I got me a, some Finley swag without having to buy it. Good stuff. Hey, I want to say a nice job to Chuck, uh, who kind of heads this whole thing up, puts on it, puts it on. Uh, John did a nice job. John Jackson, president of uh, of Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Everybody did a really nice job. It was it was a really fun afternoon, despite the weather. We all uh, had a good time. Yeah, my goal is to get back uh, to bowling next year. I got some health issues I got to solve. I'll be well on my way starting this week, but I couldn't bowl. But uh, the beer was just as cold. I made sure that was safe for all you guys. That's, that's right. For sure. That's right. Um, by the way, health issues is it loosely translates to Rich is getting old. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's not life threatening. It, it just stuff that keeps me from walking and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. No, no big deal. <laughs> all right, let's talk about something else that's going on. Man, Oakshade Raceway down in Ohio. You all gave everyone in the tri-state area a little bit of a heart attack. It came out. On Saturday morning, all it took was one innocent little share from one innocent little race fan, and then, boom, it exploded. Oakshade Raceway put up a partial schedule on their website. Earlier that week, uh, another podcast talked about some of the key dates that are going to be taking place at Oakshade Raceway. Not The math wasn't mathing completely, and everybody assumed that Oakshade Raceway now, myself included, was only going to run 12 races in 2023 and it got shared around there were 12 dates that had been announced and that was it that's all that was on the schedule online at oakshaderaceway.com well lo and behold by the end of the day uh oakshade had put a great big thing at the top of their schedule page that said we are running every saturday night 
these are just the key dates that are already set in stone. So um, if you run Oakshade, you're going to get more than 12 shows in 2023. Take a deep breath. And, Zach, you know, normally, you know, the fans wouldn't do that. They would say, oh, this must be a part. But we know what's happened over this winter. Yeah. And so it's not like other tracks haven't done it. So it had people on edge, especially when you're, you know, when you only have a partial schedule or you're late in releasing your schedule. Sure. Um, you know, that can happen because we now it, it's verifiable. We have tracks that are not racing very much, if at all, tracks that are having half schedules. Uh, so you have to be careful how you release that information. But uh, I am so glad because I've been to Oakshade a few times and every time I've been there, I enjoyed it. I'm glad they're running a full schedule and everybody can breathe just a little bit better. Something else to be glad about if you're a fan or a driver or just a supporter of Crystal Motor Speedway is they posted some updates on what's happening there at their racetrack. And Rich, I've never seen so many fresh pieces of lumber laid out at one racetrack before in my life. The grandstands look fantastic. Um, they said that that was one of their key goals was to upgrade the grandstands. And this section, I think it's pit bleachers, Rich, every board in that section of bleachers is brand new. They absolutely, uh, the uh, LeBarons, they said they're doing exactly what they said they were going to do here up to this point in the season. And uh, you can tell in the pictures that they're not done. There's more to go. There's dumpsters out back. They are ripping and replacing big time at Crystal. And I believe, I think it was last week, I swore, uh, I saw a post from Derek Hilliker who races there a lot. And um, I think for that first event for late models, Derek thinks they're going to have 40 cars. Wow. That would be unbelievable uh, for an opening night for the LeBarons at Crystal. That Absolutely. would be awesome. Yeah. So uh, in the post, they say the updates to the facilities and bleachers are progressing. The bleachers for turn one and the pits are completely done. Now working on the main grandstands and they are open to having volunteers come on out. It, it, well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a carpenter. Can you turn a hammer over and pull a nail? Boom, you're hired. <laughs> they need, need all the help they can get out there to get ready for their opener coming up. Rich, uh, we're a month away from opening the gates at these racetracks. Um, Friday, April 21st, I-96 Speedway, Great Lakes Super Sprints. Friday or Saturday, April 22nd, Crystal Motor Speedway, Great Lakes Super Sprints. We're a month out, so it's time. Can we make, can we make it 30 days without drawing the ire of Mother Nature. Can we? Oh, man. Just yeah. for a little bit? They Just need for some, a little bit. They need some help up there in the north, that's for sure. Speaking yeah. of race season being here before you know it, man, um, I just got to say, these lightsavers, everybody is talking about MI Service Solutions. and the have you, You've seen it on your Facebook page. You had to have. Everybody's on there. We were t we were talking about it at the, at the Fan Cup Bowling Tournament this weekend. Yeah. Everybody's We're talking, talking about, about it. it. Yeah, everybody's talking about them. So don't miss your boat, right? Don't miss the boat. You need to get a lightsaver. Uh, I'm telling you, if your track's not requiring them or recommending them in 2023, they will be by 2024. So get it in your car. Get used to it. It, uh, it It's basically the virtual flagman. Whatever the condition of the track is, it's going to illuminate your car that way inside the cockpit. And really, Rich, as a former racer, there was nothing worse than only seeing or thinking that you heard in your receiver yellow, but not knowing for sure because you were on a spot on the track where you couldn't see the flag and you couldn't see a caution light. This eliminates all of that. The light is going to change in your cockpit. You're going to know right away that there's a problem on the racetrack, and you're going to get saved from being that guy five to ten seconds later that barrels into the crash, right? Let's, you know, we've all been there. So 
Get that. You need a receiver. You need transponders, whatever it is. MI Service Solutions on Facebook, miservicesolutions.com. Don't forget, HPH10. Use that code, HPH, Horsepower Happenings 10, for 10% off of your order at checkout instantly with MI Service Solutions. Well, time to bring in our first guest of the evening. And as we continue with the Michigan Motorsports History Month presented by Sweet Manufacturing, it's our pleasure now to welcome in the uh, guy who calls North Carolina home, I guess, but really his home is back here in the great state of Michigan. Tim Fidewa, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Well, thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate it, man. 2014 uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame inductee. You join a great list of Fidoas when that happened. Uh, we we start with 1982, Wilson Fidoa. Then we go to 1992, Gary Fidoa. 93, Butch Fidoa. And then you in 2014. Um, first things first, connect the, the Fidoa family tree for me. Well, um... Wilson was my grandfather. Um, Gary's my uncle. Butch is my dad, and uh, and I'm Tim. And we got another one, Tommy, who uh, will probably be in the Hall of Fame shortly. Uh, he's won a lot of championships and in, in sprint cars in Michigan and uh, with Auto Value Super Sprints and late model races, and just as a you know had a great career. So uh, hoping he gets in soon. And uh, but yeah, I mean we've always raced. That's what we've we've done i grew up around it uh, since i was a baby and uh um just just glad to be a part of it take me back to 1985 uh this is the first uh record that i can find of you getting an accolade for racing and it it starts as we mentioned right here in michigan you go up north a little bit to a track that rich and i go to all the time merit speedway um is this your first year in a race car when you get this rookie of the year title or or what did it start before then I, it started at Crystal, really. Uh, the year before that, I think I started going to Crystal. Um, we we bought a car. I traded a snowmobile, a fast one, <laughs> in a, uh, a really cool snowmobile that I liked a lot, and a uh, I think twelve hundred bucks to a guy named Gary McKinley from Cadillac, who uh, raced at Merritt, um, won a lot of features, and uh, he had an old Stan Yee car, um, Camaro, and. Uh, I, I, we traded it and, and went to Crystal, um, and then uh, on to Merritt. I think the next year for for full time. So, uh, but Merritt's where I, you know I cut my teeth. The Van Dyne family owned it. Um, just you know what what a great place to go and and start your career with with such cool people. Tim, Tim nowadays a lot of guys talk about uh, you know they run dirt or pavement. Um, I guess what what transformed you from from dirt to pavement and back then was it prevalent where most guys did both well uh you know my my family did both i mean you know that i remember my dad racing on at the michigan's mspa races on wednesday nights um it was i think back then it was a carling uh series carling beer series if i remember right and then it went to bush and it's had several sponsors, but it was a Michigan Speedway Promoters Association race they had every Wednesday. And, uh, you know, some of them run asphalt, some of them run dirt. You went a different track in Michigan every Wednesday. So, uh, you know, my dad always told me that the car didn't know the difference if it was asphalt or dirt, and I should told it. So I, that's just the way I grew up. And, and I think my dad at the time, you know, he was helping me obviously get going. And he just, I think he thought dirt, I would get more car control. And uh, that's where we started. 
obviously you had quite a successful career uh, regionally around here, but I have to ask you, I was at, uh, I got to bring up the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet because I, I was there and, and I thought, uh, you know, you getting that president award was, was awfully appropriate and cool, but you're kind of humble up there when you, when you gave your speech. Um, is it hard? I know most race car drivers we talk to aren't afraid about to talk about their accolades, <laughs> but, and, and you know that better than I do, but uh, you seemed a little humbled about the whole thing. Well, I mean, you know, it's, I've been fortunate, you know, I grew up in a family that was in racing. I grew up around it. Um, you know, before I even turned, you know, made a lap, I had people that wanted to help me where, you know, I know a lot of kids and a lot of people starting off, they don't have that, you know? So, um, I was always fortunate to be blessed with good people. And, and, uh, even when I come down here, you know, I had, I had, uh, Ray and Diane DeWitt from Michigan that, that owned my cars. We, we come down here and, and started a, you know, a Bush team. And so I, I've always been blessed, you know, and I've always had, and I know that truthfully, I mean, I didn't win a bunch of features in Michigan. I didn't, I didn't set the world on fire. I mean, I had some success and had, you know, when, when I moved on to do some other things, I had a little bit more. And, but like I said, I've always been blessed and, and, uh, you know, I just, I think you, I got a lot of people to be thankful for. And, um, I, I've just never been a, a me guy, I guess, when it comes to, to my career. I told somebody that we were going to interview to interview tonight, and and they knew more of. Uh, I think it was your uncle Gary Fidoa. Is that right? Gary's your uncle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they knew more about your uncle, and and they asked a very candid question. And I, with your humility, I think you'll appreciate getting an opportunity to talk about this. They said, "Okay, so he's a Fidoa. He started with the silver spoon and never had to work for anything." And I said, "No. When you read through." You really raced your way through everything before you went to NASCAR and to the top tier of our motorsport. Yeah, I mean, like I said, again, you know, people would have that. I, I can see where that comes from. I don't know about Silver Spoon. I grew up in a trailer park in, in South Side of Lansing. <laughs> there you but, go. Um, you know, you can say what you mean. Like I said, I had 1200 bucks that we saved for two years to get, plus that snowmobile. <laughs> I don't know about, you know, but I was, again, I was lucky people knew my racing family and they knew I was young and wanted, that's all I wanted to do. I had a desire, a burning desire. And I still do. That's what I, I, I don't want to do anything else. I want to race. I don't care if I'm driving. I don't care if I'm spotting. I want to be involved in a competitive sport and I love racing. So that's what I do. But you know, the, but again, I, I would be nowhere without all the help I've had. So if it's a silver spoon, that's cool. But I, I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> Take it however you can get it, right? Whatever, whatever it yes. takes. Yes. So, so your your career progresses. Uh, you end up in Artgo. Uh, you know, thirty seven starts, thirteen top tens, three top fives. I'm going to go over some stats here, and then I want to dive into some things. Uh, a, a, a win in Artgo. Uh, couple of truck series <clears throat> appearances. Nothing really there. Really, uh, your kind of claim to fame. 333, which I love where you ended right there, 333 NASCAR now Xfinity Series starts, 66 top 10s, 25 top 5s, and 4 uh, wins to go along with that. I almost called them feature wins. Forgot where we were talking about here. Yeah, still features, yeah. That's I call right. them features. So. Um, and really, in those final two years, still competitive with 5 top 10s and a top 5 finish in a, in a team that was just kind of, you know, feeling things out. At what point, and I've heard you talk about this in other interviews where you said, I felt like my career was fading and I needed to find a way to stay involved. When did that kind of occur to you that I'm going to have to hang up the helmet and, and see what other things I can do to, to stay involved with 
uh, a top tier of motorsports? Well, I mean, you know, it was it was just getting to be. I, I couldn't really find a ride. Um, sponsors were getting harder. It, it, it was it it was not too long after I think when Dale Jr. started left for the Cup Series, and he drove uh, you know his dad's Bush car in, in the Bush Series for a couple of years. Um, sponsorship for the Bush Series just got out of hand. I mean, you know, it went from a million a year to two million, then three million, and then you had to have four, you know, and it was like it, it just got really expensive, and we added a lot more races. And I think he and, said uh, on his uh, Dirty Mo Media podcast the other day that he that Budweiser deal that they signed for the Cup Series was something like 10 or 15 or $20 million that they signed. So. Yeah, I would say at the time it was upwards to 20. I mean, that would have been the number then. Um he, they were probably spending six in the Xfinity or the Bush series, maybe five. Wow. Um, I might be off, but I, I, you know, they were spending a lot more than a lot of teams and, and, you know, rightfully so they, they're, they're Earnhardt's and, um, you know, he, it was, it was fun. I, I loved racing with them and I can always say that I raced against him and, and, uh, you know, competed with them and, and does that, uh, does that do anything? I mean, does that bring a smile to your face or, I mean, do you fully, respect and understand that because you would have been able to going back to 92 you probably raced against senior a couple of times too i would imagine i did i think i did a few times in the bush series and you know i knew him and i i was uh i did some testing for for um dei with michael waltrip's car um at the speedways at super speedways back in the day um when i was in the bush series so yeah man i i i I look back with uh you know, just that's one of the memories, I guess. I look back and I'm I'm real happy. One of the many, but um, you know, and, and just the the career I had besides racing, um, driving, I guess I should say, uh, just the people I've met and and over the years and the stuff I've been through. But uh, um, you know, it it's a it's an evolving thing, and uh, I'm still meeting people today and creating new memories. So Tim, you, you you get out of the seat, you start moving in, you're coaching some guys, right? And then you move into the spotter stand. In my opinion of a spotter, it's a win or lose situation. There's no mid ground, right? Um, you only hear you only hear about the spotter if you win the race or if he didn't tell you there was a problem up ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why would you want to put yourself in that position? <laughs> well, I guess I wanted to be as close as I could to you know driving it. Um, and I guess I didn't answer your question either, but stuff was getting expensive and, um, I, I had a couple calls from different teams and they said, Hey, can you drive my car? Maybe you can buy the tires. Maybe you can bring along 10 grand, 50 grand. And I'm like, man, I don't have that kind of money, but to answer your next question, why did I go into spot? And I, I just felt like, uh, I could still be a part of the competitive side of it and be close to it and, and help. I thought, you know, just being a ex driver, I could help some drivers and, and, uh, um, you know, I started seeing a career being made from spotting. It was, it was mandatory and, um, it hadn't been in years past. And, uh, again, I, I liked it. I've done, I've done it a few times and, uh, I was fortunate enough to be okay at it. You know, we're fortunate uh, to be able to talk to Tim Fidoa and look back at Michigan Motorsports History Month, and that's thanks to Sweet Manufacturing. Michigan-owned and operated, Sweet Manufacturing offers the best technology for the racers in almost every department on the car. And they've got some great new technology coming out this season. Check out their new ultra-lightweight quick-release coupler 
And for you dirt track drivers, you've got those rack and pinions. You've got those nice pieces of technology under the car. you got to keep the dirt and grime off of them. Keep the mud out of your rack with new boot technology available only at Sweet Manufacturing. Check them out online at sweetmanufacturing.com or by calling 1-800-441-8619. And, Tim, I also have to, you know, spotters, I think, have to have a different relationship. I, I kind of make it kind of like a, a golfer in a caddy. Uh, you don't have the right guy. You're not going to win races. You're not going to be successful. Um, and is that why you've been with Kevin so long that you guys have just hit it off uh, from from the very beginning? Yeah, I mean, we we have. I mean, I think I used to race with Kevin as well back in the day in the Bush Series. So we had a little bit of history there. Um, I don't think that had anything to do with, you know, me coming to work for him. He just listened to some audio and, and I guess liked the way I sounded. And uh, I went in and talked to him and we started, I started with the four car when he did and, uh, I, you know, been lucky enough to be there ever since, but, um, you do have to, you just have to jive. And I think he, he this, the driver has to trust you. He, uh, you know, he, you don't have to be, it helps if you're good buddies, but you don't have to be best friends. Um, you just have to have that trust when, uh, you get on the radio together and, and they get on the racetrack. I think it, uh, you see it, um, obviously a lot in the speedway races and, um, but, but just everywhere, just, uh, having that calming voice, um, over the radio, I, I think you do a, you know, my job with Kevin is, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to help keep him out of wrecks first and foremost, it's safety, but you're also a competitive advantage and you're trying to, you know, get your team the, the best finish you can. But, uh, um, you, you definitely have to like the person you're talking to and hearing in your ear for 500 miles, you know? What did you have to do? So 2014, what a year for you in 2014, inducted into your home state's Hall of Fame, um, and then you get this new gig with with a championship caliber driver, excitement for SHR and, and new team and, and the whole thing that's going on. How long, or, or I guess what's the process for you, to get acclimated with a driver you've worked with other ones so the process has got to be similar do you go out and have a beer do you do you do do practice runs in tests or how does that work yeah i think you know back then uh back then you know 2014 the olden days i mean we you know we got to test a little bit more than we do now and uh you know we we pretty much rodney our crew chief rodney childers put together just a whole new group of people I mean, people that I knew because I'd been doing it for a long time. But um, so really, you know, even our first test and our first rate, we all kind of knew each other and got along. It wasn't like a big, um, you know, I don't remember it, too many growing pains um, with any of us. You know, it was, it was, we were fast right out of the box. The cars were fast. And that always makes everybody's job easier, by the way, when your cars haul ass. Um, yeah, exactly. That, that makes the racing so much better and, and everybody seems to get along you know what i mean absolutely so 2014 championship run driver you know i'm going to be honest with you i think that kevin and rodney uh and then the you know the the Stuart haas organization probably gets more credit than maybe you do for that championship run but kind of re remember that nine years ago and, and kind of uh retell that tale of 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 you know what ended up being a really special night down in homestead well, we, you know, we, we, I don't know, it, it was all kind of a blur, but we, the end of the race, we, we took four tires and no one else did. And there was only like six or seven to go. And, um, I just remember, 
you know, we had so much fire in us then uh, the whole year. We had a lot of stuff go wrong, like equipment. We had some a couple engine issues and just a couple things. I don't know if I remember right, but a, a hose broke at Texas. We were leading by half a tree, you know, just a lot of little stuff. Um, we get to the final four and we're down there and, and uh, uh, like seven or eight people stayed out with, I think, a green white checker or close to it or maybe six, seven to go. I can't recall, but Rodney made the call to put four on and, um, you know, Newman was fast and, and we, Kevin just, just drove around him and, uh, and we won the championship in the, in the final race. Um, but that, that whole year was just, a about overcoming a lot of different things. And, um, I think we were, we were out, we were in a must win situation maybe at Phoenix. I think, I think and, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. We were not going to make the final four and, and we won. So we got in and, uh, just, just, it was just magic the whole year. And, uh, you know, never forget it, that's for sure. Uh, this is kind of my – there's a lot of things that we could ask you about NASCAR and, and about working with Kevin, uh, but this is kind of my last one specific to Kevin. Obviously, everyone knows what his deal is this year. Um, so what does that mean for you? Do you do you see yourself continuing to, to be in the spotter stand once he hangs up the full-time helmet? You've worked with him for – I ask yeah, that because yeah. cause, uh, you've worked with him for nine years uh, for so long. Uh, is it going to be hard to move on to somebody else after this? Well, you know, I, I, I do, I do the Xfinity series. Now I do the truck series. I do arc. I do everything when I can. Sure. Um, you know, I do Riley Herps on Saturdays. I do, uh, Colby Howard in the nine truck on Fridays or whenever we race the trucks. But, uh, so yeah, I'm going to keep spotting. I'm, I'm not, um, in the, in the, I don't want to retire. I, I just want to keep racing. Uh, I, I feel like I'm still young. Um, that's a good, that, that's it, a good feeling, right? When you can say that, cause you're, you're about, yeah, I mean, uh, I was doing some quick math. What are you about 56? Is that right? Yes. That's okay. right. Yeah. I think I'm 56 next month. So right. I guess I don't need to push it too much, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I, I want to keep racing. I, it's, it's what I do. The traveling does get a little bit old, but, um, you know, it's, it's still fun. I still get enjoyment out of it. I like working with younger drivers as well. Um, like it's a, it's fun to work with Riley because he's just coming into his own and, uh, you know, it's good to see young guys progress and it's fun to just, like I said, it's just fun to be part of it. All right, Tim, I was doing a little bit of prep this afternoon. This is the humor part of the show. I'm thinking <laughs> because I wasn't expecting this text today. We have a common friend and he texts me wanting to know what time your interview was. And I think he wanted to come on and ask you some questions. So I offered him up. And he said, no, 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 it'll be a good interview. You go ahead and talk to him. And this was Jeff Finley. So so Jeff texted me two questions that I had to promise him I was going to ask you. Are you ready for Jeff's <laughs> Oh, no, 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 I'm not really, but I'll, I'll try to answer him. How's that? I'm not right. ready for him. All right. The first question is, and I, I do not, knowing Jeff as well as I do, there has to be a story around each one of these. So, uh I need to ask you how Derek Spencer Shamu got his nickname. Uh, well, you know, as far as I know, uh, people that don't know Shamu, uh, Derek died uh, a year and a half ago. Um, right. He he worked for a bunch. He worked for me. Come from Holt, Michigan. Went to high school with him. He worked on my cars, and uh, but uh, you know, I if I remember, Derek's a big boy. He was like three hundred pounds even in high school, I think he was born like 
twenty pounds when he was born, but um, he's and uh, but I don't remember. I know Jeff gave him that nickname, but I don't remember how we come about it. He just called him Shamu, and then we had another friend, uh, JJ from Houghton Lake, Michigan, um, who who uh, he, he had speech impediment. A lot of people know JJ; they've been in racing for a long time. Uh, he he was Jimmy Aldridge's number one fan, and uh, uh, he he called him Sham. He couldn't say Shamu; he said Shampoo, Shampoo. <laughs> so he went from Shamu to Shampoo, and and uh, that was his nickname until the day he died. And, and uh, you know we miss him. He was a big part of the late model scene. He worked for Five Star for many years and performance fiction, and uh, um, you know still miss to this day. This next one, I think I probably, if I had to guess, I could probably get it down to about two people. But Jeff wants to know who made the best food that fed your belly all the time. Well, his mama. That's what I thought. <laughs> she heard sloppy joes at the racetrack uh, every weekend. She fed the whole the whole pit area. You know, it was uh, it was it was fun. We used to race out at Spartan on Fridays, and I think a Wassels on Saturday. I remember one year Jeff won track championship at Spartan Friday. Springport Saturday, maybe, and Owasso Sunday. Um, and, you know, it, it was that's what we did. We just hung out with uh, Bob and Dan Finley and uh, the, the whole clan. You know, there was it was just always nice. It was a good um, – the feed wasn't the Finleys. We raced hard on the racetrack, but, you know, after the races were over, we always uh, had a beer together and, and ate together and, and just had fellowship. You know what I mean? It was uh, – I was blessed to grow up in that that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, and I don't know if a lot of people knew that. I mean, both families, uh, you know, well enshrined into the Hall of Fame, obviously, and well-deserved. Um, you guys, like you said, you weren't just competitors. Um, you're about as close as friends could be, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we literally, you know, we, we raced together. We even, we competed. Like, you know, Jeff started a little earlier than I did and, and had some success before, I, you know, I always looked up to Jeff. He idolized my uncle Gary. Um, that's why he's number 42. Gary was always number 42. Um, but, um, his dad, Bob worked on my uncle Gary's cars from, from the beginning, you know? So Jeff grew up watching that and being a Gary Fiedel fan. And then when he started racing, he was number 42 and, and had a lot of success. And, um, you know, then I started racing, we started racing together and, my cousin Tommy, we all three raced together, but, uh, you know, we, we still had a lot of fun. Like I was always welcome there. They were always welcome at our place. You know, it was just, uh, even though we competed really hard and we had some scuffles and there was always, you know, but deep down we, we always put that aside. Um, and his, his, uh, his mom and dad always treated me like family. And, uh, I think my family did the same to them. Because I, like Rich said, we know Jeff. We've worked with him pretty closely. And I'm sure that this is something Jeff would say as well, Tim. You know, I beat you into the Hall of Fame, so I've got you there. <laughs> yeah. Tim, well, he was good. I mean, Tim, he's a good just, racer. That's, just, there's no shame in that, man. I I, uh, I always respected him. And, and his brother, Dougie, was a hell of a racer. And um, like I said, his dad was one hell of a mechanic. I watched him literally. I mean, they, they've owned this towing business since i was born since 1967 in lansing Northside towing yeah and it's 365 days a year seven days a week 20 you know 24 hours so i don't think they've ever closed in that amount of time it's, yeah. they've they've got an incredible work ethic and uh you know i i spotted for chad 
Jeff's son a few times and now I think he's he's still dirt racing as far as I know and um they're racers and uh you know I love them all well what I was going to tell you is when that text comes in from Jeff you just text him back and let him know that for the rest of forever your name will be first in the alphabetical list uh of those who are in the hall of fame so you've got the last laugh there. yeah there you go thank you thank you I appreciate that ammo I gotta ask you uh you know Rich through Jeff kind of had the little bit of the humor question and I think this is the one that I have got to hear the story firsthand um Tim, how do you lose your NASCAR hard card over a sandwich? Uh, I got to hear the firsthand recount of this story. There's hardly any details available out there as to what actually happened that day in Indianapolis. Tell me what went on. Oh, man. I mean, so we're practicing for the Brickyard, and uh, we were sponsored by Jimmy John's. So we always had sandwiches at our hauler. So I would always bring some up to the spotter stand. And, uh, so I get up there. Well, in Indy, it's really not a spotter stand. It's the pagoda on pit road in the middle of the racetrack that costs them like a hundred million dollars. I don't know, a lot of money to build, right? right? We they really don't even like the spotters being up there. But we're on the top of it, and uh, you know, you're standing on a rail and you look down and it's it's twelve stories down. I mean, it's just straight down. And uh, I was handing out sandwiches, and one of the guys across from me, you had a front side and the back side you, you had to have two spotters up there because you couldn't see the whole track so he held up his hands so i threw it to him and it went right through his hands and <laughs> over the railing and i felt like a kid that hit a baseball in the trailer park and holt you know foul ball shanked it and i was just waiting for glass to break right well you know we, we just kind of kept on going and practice was going on and, um i looked kind of out of the corner of my eye, I kept an eye on the door where, where you come up the stairs and sure as hell, NASCAR face will come <laughs> up and it was, it was Elton Sawyer and uh, I raced with Elton in the Bush Series I and mean, we were friends and uh, I read his lips and, and uh, he said, who in the in, in explicit yeah, four letter word. sandwich? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God. So I quit looking at him and I acted like I didn't see him. Well, the official that was up there with us, you know, he, he covered for me. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I didn't see it. And uh, pretty soon, the NASCAR security, uh, the, the guy, the ex-cop, the guy that arrests people and takes them to NASCAR jail was up there. And he's like, you know, come here, come here. <laughs> like, me, me. Who me? The guy with Jimmy I, John's all over my shirt? No, exactly. couldn't have been me. Exactly. <laughs> Jimmy John's rapper wouldn't have been a real dumb, bad getaway. Yeah, no, well. <laughs> There's, you know, so I had to go to the NASCAR hauler and explain this to the head guy there, Richard Buck, who I really didn't know that well. And uh, when I did that, Elton Elton Sawyer was down there again. He goes, "Yeah, man, he ain't gonna lie to you. That's what happened. That's what happened." So they're like, "Get the hell out of here. It's all good." But did they initially went, think that you were doing something, you know? Off- well, I think you know. I think maybe they thought someone did it maliciously. You know what I mean? Like it, it was. You know, it could have hurt. I guess it could have hurt someone. I don't know. I mean, I tell BM, whatever the hell it was, Italian number 13, I don't know, Tuna Tom, what the hell it was, but it could have hurt somebody, right? Um, So the the bad part was we were getting ready to do like a a mock qualifying run, and I I had to go on the radio and say, hey, Rodney, I can't do it. You better get somebody up here because you have to have a spot, even in practice. And he's like, well, what's, what's wrong? And I said, I threw a sandwich. 
and it, you know, went off the pagoda here. He goes, you did what? He's like, he was in shock. He could, you know, like, yeah. I, so my truck driver had to run up and bail us out. But, uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, the sad part about all that, I was more because of Twitter and everything else, social media. Back when I raced, we really didn't have that much when I drove. But uh, yeah, I think the whole I world, known the whole world my, knew what happened yeah, that day, didn't the they? The whole world knew about it, right? Yep, I won four bush races, but they knew me more for throwing a damn sandwich off the roof at Indy, which is fine. So, in that same breath, and I know Rich, you got one more question, and then we'll let you go. In that same breath, tell tell us uh, some of the shenanigans or some a, a great story from the spotter stand that nobody, I mean, nobody has any clue what goes on up there. It's the same forty guys for the most part every week. You guys have to have a relationship with each other, just like the drivers do. Um, take us into the into the stand for for a kind of a a cool moment that sticks out in your mind. I mean, I, I don't know. There's been a lot. I, I really don't know if anything really sticks out. You know, I mean, um, you know, I, I know we we've got some characters up there, and, and I, we one of the funniest ones was there was a guy, uh, Chris Osborne. He still spots. Uh, he was spotting for Kurt Busch at the time, and we were actually on a hill in the hills of, of Sonoma. We're not in a spotter stand. We're on the mountainside, and uh, there's snakes around. Oh, no. And T.J. Majors, who spots for Brad Kozlowski now, um, had a fake snake in his bag, and he slipped it under Crazy's chair. We called him Crazy because he was certified he is crazy but uh and he flipped out and and just the, the reaction on his face <laughs> seeing jason tj around i mean that's just one of the shenanigans but we've had several um you know we've all got in trouble as a group up there <laughs> for doing things we probably shouldn't be doing and things have fell into the not not only sandwiches but you know we're always on a rail looking down so right. people have dropped their phones off of the thing and they, they you know they've hit people or so then we get in trouble for that i mean it's no you know nothing we're trying to do but just trying to do our jobs but well uh, and spotters are getting more attention thanks to tj and those guys right with that door bumper clear podcast and everything well yeah man i mean yeah him and freddie and brett you know they do they do a good job with their social media and their, their podcast and uh you know i think it's it's good for us it's good for you know good for our paychecks too you know right um to get a little money little more notoriety and i think there's more people that more young people that you know may not have a chance to to drive or crew chief but you know they they have an interest in racing so it's another career path which i think is cool um so uh yeah it's good man it's good to be a spotter tim it was great uh this is usually this time of the show where we we give the drivers that we have on a chance to to thank some people and all that it was great seeing you come back home uh for the fan club banquet and accept your president's award. That was awesome. On behalf of the fan club, uh, we appreciate it. And we, a lot of our listeners are still, I mean, we have a, a blend of, you know, people that used to watch you back in the day and, and our new fans um, kind of give them something. Uh, this is your chance to, to tell them, you know, you haven't forgot about Mich- Holt, Michigan. Um, and and it, I know you don't get to get back here as much as you like. Well, I don't, but you know, I mean, I raced it, at Spartan and Merritt and Crystal and Berlin and Auto City. And I mean, uh, you know, my dad always, we never really raced anywhere full time, but we, we traveled to all of them, Auburn. Uh, hell, I, uh, I just, I always enjoyed racing in Michigan and I'll never forget the people. One of your sponsors, Sweet, was one of my sponsors. 
I had to go down there and, and, uh, talk to Randy and Troy and, and, uh, you know, I got some stories there as well, but we probably can't talk about them. But <laughs> not, <laughs> I mean, we had at least times, not until right? at least not until my sponsorship deal's done with them, and then after that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we'll we'll, re, we'll revisit. But no, we had you know. I just think of all the great people, um, the Benson family. You know, yeah. Johnny's dad. Yeah, I bought a, a, a Rayburn car from Johnny that he built himself. Um, his dad built all the rear end. I mean, just you know, Harley at Port City and. Uh, golden engine. I mean, there's just so many people that, that, uh, you know, helped me in Michigan. And when I, it's just, I wish I could go back and live there for a year just to, to go back and see all the, the people and visit with, uh, everybody. And, um, but you know, it's hard. You, you gotta, this, this series, you know, in NASCAR, you travel so much, you just don't have much time. Absolutely. Well, Tim, man, uh, to echo Rich, as we said, thank you so much for making time for us. This was longer than we said we were going to hold you ha- captive. So it's been great. That's <laughs> no, all good. To, we, we love hearing the stories. And, uh, you know, everybody told me Tim is super humble. He's great to talk to. And uh, that absolutely rings true, sir. Thank you so much for being a great representative of our state and uh, for taking time to chat with us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime you want to chat or tell some more stories, you can give me a call. You got my number. So I'd love to do it. Well, Zach, it's uh, mon- the third Monday once already in March, it. and uh, everybody who listens to the show knows what that means. It's time for Gary, Did You Know? And it's a- Gary, first of all, Gary Lindahl, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Always a pleasure, gentlemen, always. Now, we're doing things a little different this week, and uh, Gary, I'll let you explain, to it, explain it to everybody, because uh, I think you secured me again for another week after seeing these questions. Well, what I did was uh, we talked about it last month, and I had put together uh, questions uh, that were previously asked. So uh, for quiz number 24, two years already, man, that's unbelievable. And so they are questions. And they are questions that pe- people not that not only did you use these questions before, but they had a rough time with them the first time. Yes, they did. So we'll see how you do. And get ready for a bonus question number five. Oh, that's a first time. Yes, it first is. Time, I, the, the, and, and I see this bonus question, and I love it too. So, And, we'll and the reason being, and I'll tell you, you guys, have, uh, you, you have been doing the uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame month. Yes, okay. yep, which you are a member but, of. Um, actually, I was a founding father. That's I don't the, know yeah, if you knew that or yeah, not. Yeah, actually, I as I said the word member, I thought, oh, you big dummy, he's more important than that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, you know, I thought that was cool, and I thought we'd add this. So, Well, I know you guys are on a schedule, so we can move along right here. Sure, let's do All it. Right, let's start out, Gary, question number one. Question number one, and this goes along with the Hall of Fame stuff. Where did Hall of Fame driver Tim Felber start racing? So now we need we can't be general. We have to be specific, right? You got to be very specific, specific. Tim, right? Tim Felt, two thousand five, yep. by the way, inductee into the Hall of Fame. So there you go. Yes, he was a year after I went, and yes, he did. And I don't think anybody got that the first time, so I'm not giving any hints <clears throat> on this one either. <laughs> no, there you go. But you got to be specific. It, very specific. Yep. Question number two: George Folk and his tire truck. Could be found at many short tracks in the 60s and 70s. 
What was his real business? I remember this question. Uh, I remember. I, I, I remember. I remember <laughs> this one. I did remember this one. <laughs> yep. And, and I, don't uh, know, I remember somebody may we may have had a person get something back in my memory bank, and you know, like you said, Zach, I'm still sharp as a. Highly used tech, uh, yes. (laughs) But I think somebody answered this one correctly. I don't think many did, though. No, he was an interesting guy. Question number three, Gary. Question number three. Who is known as the old race master? Somebody will get this. I would think so. I think so. I would think somebody, you know, you got to throw something in there that's pretty decent, you know what I mean? Because that's something you you could Google, and it would have to come up, you would think. I would think so, but... You never know. All right, we'll find out. Well, we think somebody's going to get that one anyway. Question number four, Gary. Question number four. Who are the three people that brought IMCA mods to Michigan? See, now, if I remember correctly, we had people answer this, and they had one or two, but they didn't know all three. Yeah, they couldn't get the trifecta. Exactly, and there were three people. Yep. All right. because Because I was there. Drum roll, please. This uh, this week's big old bonus question, number five. Bonus question, number five. What track did Lindahl announce his first race? I, 90% of them will be wrong. I was going to be wrong. <laughs> I was going to be wrong. Yep. Yep. And I've interviewed this man, talked to him several times. Yeah, yes, you have. And I still would have got it wrong. Um, <laughs> so, that's... I've, I found this out, I think, um, to be brutally honest, because I never had any – I thought I knew, so I never asked the question. So no, after, the question's never been asked. No. so Nobody's I, ever not, asked me the question. No, Gary, Gary and I are uh, – we're starting our 10th year together, believe it or not. And yes. um, so, yeah, I, I asked him – I think it was this fall I asked him, where did you start? And he told me. So that was the first I knew – probably five, six months ago, where he first announced that. So hmm. I knew the answer before he if, – if it wasn't there, I now I would know. All right. All there right. you go. But I'm, not, but I'm not sharing any clues. No, not at all. You can't give any clues away at all. Well, here's the deal. If you can get all – are we doing all five or are we going to do four Absolutely. and the bonus? All right, all five. If you can get all five questions – Gary's like, don't you shortchange me. If you can get all – No five, way. If you can get all five of these questions right – uh, comment on the graphic that will be on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page, and we'll set you up. We'll get you hooked up with now, not something that Rich France will have to put together. We'll get you hooked up with some Horsepower Happenings swag, uh, courtesy of us right here at Horsepower Happenings. Gary, thank you so much. And by me. the way, Rich, Zach, yeah. save me a koozie. Oh, you got it. You, I, listen. I need a can koozie. I knew you that know was that. Coming. I, I knew w- that was coming. I want you to know that they have been tried and true, and a Bud Light can fits in there perfectly. So I am so happy to hear that. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have fun, guys. We'll see you. Pleasure to have Gary on. It's always fun. Uh, get a chance to pick on him. And um, especially during, right, Michigan Motorsports History Month, a founding member, as he mentioned, of the uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame. Without guys like him, we're, we're not talking. And he, you know, preserved so much of this history in his time as well. Yeah, he wasn't gonna let you forget. He wasn't gonna let you just leave him as an inductee, <laughs> was he? <laughs> Couldn't let one little mistake go, could he? I know, I know. Um, hey, real quick, while we have a second, I want to say thanks again to Chris and CNT Services. They have brought on 
a studio sponsorship here in 2023, but Chris said, I don't want it to be about me. Make it about other people who support auto racing, and so that's exactly what he's done. Be Cool Radiators is the first quarter sponsor of the Horsepower Happening Studio in 2023. They've got something for everyone. If you have a motorsport, if you have a vehicle in motorsports, yeah, we want it to go fast, but you also have to keep it operating at optimum temperature, and Be Cool will help you do that. From original equipment, if you're restoring and rebuilding, you need factory fit, you're putting an LS engine inside of a Volkswagen Beetle, they'll help you be able to keep that thing cool with a radiator, fans, accessories, all of that. Located right here in Essexville, Michigan. Find them at BeCool.com or call anytime at one 800 691 Two six six seven. Rich, uh, some uh, kind of it's almost like deja vu all over again. This news coming out of West Michigan over the week. Zach, seven drivers who will represent the Kawiki Driver Development Program uh, for the 2023 race season will come from a diverse group of 15 semifinalists that were announced last week on Racing America. The racers range from age 15 to 23 years of age and represent 10 different states from coast to coast. Uh, 2022 Berlin Speedway late model champion Evan Schatko, who won the battle at Berlin 250, finished uh, as the 2022 KDDP runner-up in 2022. Uh, and now, Zach, on the phone lines, luckily, we have the young man who's going to give it a second shot in the Kawiki Driving Development Program. Uh, going to try and see if we'll find out if he's going to back up that championship here in 2023. Evan Schatko, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hi, thank you for having me. Man, let's let's cap off 20, uh, 2022. I don't know that you could have had, outside of winning a few more races, but you won on the road, you won at home. Um, really did yourself good w- with your first appearance in the Kawiki Driver Development Program. Just kind of talk about 2022. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a, a dream season, really. Um, we ended up winning eight races, and, and two of which were some of the biggest in the country, so... Um, and like you mentioned, we were able to compete in the Quickie Driver Development Program. Um, it was seriously uh, a season for the ages. So now, now this year, you—I mean, it's—we have snow on the ground here, and then you decide to head south uh, for the Rattler Weekend. Uh, why, why was that the first race you picked to put on your schedule this year? Um, well, honestly, it's one of my favorite racetracks. I've yet to do good there. Um, but it's one of my favorite racetracks, and, you know, we, um, we believe in, in continuing racing throughout the off seasons. So that way the whole team and myself, you know, we don't get rusty or anything, and, and we're ready to go for, for spring. Top five finish. Um, take me through your, through your, uh, you know, through your weekend uh, racing in what is affectionately known as the Baby Rattler. Um, kind of how did it all go? Yeah, um, honestly, after practice and stuff, I thought we would have a little bit better car than that. Um, but you know, we've never really finished a race there. So, so once the race started, um, I feel like I was pretty, pretty green as far as, you know, how to race the track and things like that, you know, cause you, you know, you can drive around a track, but that's totally different than, than how you race a track. Um, you know, the car was just a little bit tight and when you're racing against cars of, of that caliber, all it takes is to be 5% off and, and you're a fifth place car. Um, you know, I think I made a couple of mistakes along the way. I think I kind of burned the right front tire off a little bit, but, um, you know, overall it was a very fun trip, a little bit disappointing, 
Um, I, I thought we could do a little bit better, but I think we got good notes for next year. So as Rich mentioned, you raked in some fat cash last year behind the wheel of that number 22 machine. Um, and last year really was a banner year that ended with you becoming the track champion, um, Battle at Berlin 250, KD uh, DP runner-up, as we talked about. Um, how do you top 2022 here in 2023? Are you guys just fired up? Do you have a lot of momentum? Do you have a lot of uh, anticipation? Tell me where you're sitting at right now. Yeah, well, we're certainly all fired up and, and ready to go for this year, but I am a realist. I realize that the chances of having a season like that again are are slim to none, but, you know, we're going to try our hardest. Um, and, you know, if we can just keep winning races, keep having fun, um, that's all that matters. Talk to me about this Kowicki Driving Development Program, because with the season you had, obviously there's more involved in it, right? Uh, and and, and you didn't win it last year. You're back in it this year. So what do you think you need to do a little bit differently? Do you think maybe you stayed at home and didn't hit the road enough and win some big races? Uh, what do you think it's going to take this year uh, to just move up a spot? Um, I think our, I think our on track performance was right where it needed to be. Um, I kind of lacked a little bit in the community service side, uh, maybe a little on the social media side of it, because that plays a big role as well. But, you know, it's, it's hard. I'm trying to run a business, trying to run a race team, trying to, you know, keep my girlfriend happy. <laughs> there There's it is. so much time in the day. <laughs> so it's not, um, it's not easy to do, you know, all the community service that it takes to, to win the Quickie Driver Development Program. But, you know, I realize that this year I need to make it a little bit more of a priority. What is, and so, for those who don't know, right, obviously this is named after the Alan Kowicki, and they're really looking forward to boosting short track stars and, and kind of boosting them to the next level. Take some of those who aren't familiar behind the scenes a little bit. What is on the line for you here if you do win the driver development program uh, that they have set aside? Um, it's a really, really awesome program. Um so they take they take seven drivers. I think you have to be between ages 18 and 21. Um, they give you basically $8,000 to start out with to help with your costs throughout the season. Um, and, and we're all competing for a grand prize of like $55,000. So a really, really big chunk of change. Um, and, you know, our on-track performance uh, counts as like towards the point system, uh, but also – your community service, your um, online presence, uh, things like that, you know, because it help, it helps you realize that, you know, it's important to do good on the racetrack, but it's important to do good off the racetrack as well. So I think it's really kind of gotten me out of my shell a little bit. Um, it's helped, you know, take our, our social media stuff to the next level. Um, and, you know, it really did help me get some sponsors and stuff. Um, it's a, it's just a really awesome program to go back to, you know, being a realist in the 2022 season, 16 starts at Berlin raceway last season. Um, 14 of those top 10 finishes, 11 of those top fives, seven of those feature wins. That is two more feature wins in last season than you had since 2018 combined up to that point. Um, even being a realist, what do you feel like you guys have to do to try to at least stay near that same success here in 2023? 
Well, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know those stats. I, it's a little bit impressive. I, I didn't know those stats. But, <laughs> no, um, it's not a little bit impressive. That's straight up impressive, Evan. I mean, you were everybody knew, and we talked to guys last year, everybody knew that when that 22 car unloaded last year that you were going to be someone to contend with, whether it was at Berlin or anywhere. Yeah, well, that's, that's really cool. But, you know, in order to, to stay where we are or, or, or get a little bit better, um, you know, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. I got an awesome team behind me. I got awesome sponsors. Everything is just clicking right now. Um, you know, I do, I set up race cars and stuff for a living. So I'm fortunate enough to, to concentrate on that stuff 24 seven. So I feel like our technology is there. Our team chemistry is there. Our, our sponsorship, it's there. You know, all the, all the key parts to a winning race team we, we have right now. We just got to ride that wave while we can because, you know, the wave could end at, at any point. You know, all racers have highs, all racers have lows. So we just got to keep riding this wave while we can. Now, I got to ask you, you know, I mean, I mean you're, you're the defending champion at Berlin. Do you, are you going to go back and defend or do you want, you know, I, I, we talk to a lot of drivers and they say getting out on the road is what makes you better. Um, are you going to stay back at home where you're comfortable and then just pick some spots on the road? Or are you going to aggressively choose some big shows to go out and hit? Um, so this year I do have some business commitments that I have to take care of. So I'm not able to run a, a full season at Berlin. Um, but those business commitments are going to hopefully help me um, be able to, you know, basically afford to, to travel some more races. So that's the goal. The goal is to travel more win more races away from home, um, things like that. Uh, I think, you know, winning at your, your home track is always impressive. It's always a good thing to do. But people don't really start taking you seriously until you can go anywhere in the country and win races. And the only way we're going to get better at that is, is by just doing it, you know, getting notes on some of these places, things like that. So the goal this year, win the two big ones at Berlin, and let's do some more traveling. So basically, Zach, you heard, you figure out the schedule, the days that Evan Schottko is not going to be at Berlin, and you've just <laughs> increased your chances of winning. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the nights that he's not going to show up. Are you, and, and, and on those dates, you know, when you're not able to, I assume if you don't have a business conflict that you're going to try to run that car, or are there some days that you're just going to take off to make sure that it's ready for these bigger events? Yeah, we'll probably, I would say just over half of the races at Berlin will be able to hit. So every weekend I'll be at Berlin, whether it's in my car or I'm, you know, crew chiefing another car. Um, so we'll be there every weekend. We'll be there learning, whether it's my car or somebody else's. Um, but yeah, a little bit, it is a little bit bittersweet not being able to, to come back and defend the title. But I am looking forward to traveling. Yeah, what what are you going to do about the race car? I mean, obviously, Baby Rattler, that's the pro late model. Are, are you going to stay with that, or are you going to run some super stuff as well? So right now, all we have is, is pro late models. So anytime that we run with the supers, um, we're racing with a pro engine. So we have to be pretty careful about which races we go to and stuff um, just because the super engines are, are so expensive. We, we'd love to do it, um, but it's not really in the budget. We're, we're trying to work on some stuff, but, but we'll see. 
Evan, I uh, don't see a schedule posted for you for 2023. Can you give us some of the highlights of some of the events that you plan on hitting that are maybe outside of, of, of Berlin? Um, I, I guess the only ones that I would say are, are set in stone for sure are, you know, about half the Berlin races and then uh, a couple of the Owasso races. Other than that, we are going to try and, and basically run as much as we can afford. All right. That's a fair plan. Um, let's Speaking of being able to afford, and Rich, we you know we know that this sport, you can't do it without some, some support. You guys actually went down to South Alabama with some new support on the side of the car. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Coopersville uh, Fleet Repair, they helped us out. Um, our, our rig needed some some TLC, needed some tires and stuff, and, and they took care of all of that and, and really helped us out a lot because well, that stuff isn't cheap. So and we had another sponsor, Jansen Service. They took care of our gas in there and back. You know, all that, all that stuff is, is a huge help, you know. So instead of spending money getting to and from the racetrack, we're able to spend the money on, an extra set of tires or, or something like that. You know, it's a really big deal. Yep. Evan, before we let you get out of here, tell us about, uh, you know, you, you are going to have a limited schedule this year, but talk about the, the sponsors you're bringing back that are helping you out uh, because obviously uh, you're not doing that and getting down the road all by yourself. Yeah. So uh, Benton Baker, Lewandowski's Meat Market, like I said, Jansen Service, um, you know, all those guys, they, they help me out so much. And then, you know, not only them, but my team. Um, we have a great team. Couldn't do it without them. So I'm really looking forward to this year. Evan, man, it's uh, always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with you. Um, congratulations. I know it wasn't the run you were hoping for, but I think a top five anytime you're that far from home, load that thing in the trailer in one piece and get it back to Michigan is is uh, is a pretty good deal. So congratulations on a nice weekend. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, good to have an opportunity to catch up with Evan. Uh, I want to say thanks to Evan. Gary, Tim, everybody making time to chat with us tonight. And, uh, Rich, guess what? Another show that we're over an hour. So I don't think that we have uh, nailed down an official time for this thing yet. Do we, ha- do we have to formally get approved a new, a new length of the show? Because I, if we haven't, I think we've just made it. it. This is one of those executive decision type things, I think. So uh, – that's what we've got going on. Up- well, if you tell us two to stop talking, we might go an hour and a half, two hours if yeah, if know. you don't give us an exact cutoff time. You I know, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, hey, do you want to say, by the way, swag is coming. You heard us talk about this uh, during the um, Gary Did You Know segment, that if you get the, the stuff right, you'll get some horsepower happening swag. Hats, can koozies, and stickers for the back of your car or the side of your race car coming soon. Uh, so keep an eye on our um, – Facebook page and on our website. We do have some koozies left over from the uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Bowling Tournament. If you're interested, reach out to us. We'll get you taken care of. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited about that new development. Upcoming events, Rich France. Uh, everything that we had scheduled last weekend basically got weathered out. No Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series races were held. Um, the last thing that we have that's somewhat relevant, we have a couple of late model drivers from our region who are toying with the idea of going to the Thaw Brawl at Davenport Speedway coming up this weekend. So, uh, of course, our good friend Tony Izzo with 16 Race Promotions is putting that on. So it's going to be a great weekend out there at the Thaw Brawl. I'm sure it will be, but we can pray on the weather cooperating and Mother Nature doing the right thing. Maybe Attica Raceway Park can actually fit in their opening night. That's right. Uh, I know there is 
I know there's some weather that's supposed to be in Wednesday, Thursday-ish. So if we can get some sun to dry that place out, maybe it won't matter. Uh, I did see that it's not going to be the warmest on Friday night yeah. <laughs> down in Attica. But, uh, you know, you never know. Throw on a hoodie, bring a blanket, and go racing if, if, if it's not too wet. Friday night, uh, as of right now, gates are scheduled to open at 5 o'clock, racing at 745, 410 sprints, dirt car UMP late models, 305 sprint cars. Now they do have an automatic rain date of Saturday, March 25th, where gates will open at 2 and racing will begin at 5 o'clock. So look for that. Keep an eye on Attica Raceway Facebook page. Yeah, that, that might be better Saturday afternoon. I might have to consider that one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it. What a show, and uh, thanks again. Uh, what a, Man, you ever thought you wanted to sit down and have a beer with somebody? If I ever see Tim Fidewa doing something, we're going to have to do just that because what a what an interview that was. Of course, the great Gary Lindahl, Evan Schottko, and the exciting things that he's got going on. Uh, really looking forward to seeing those guys again here in 2023. That's going to do it for tonight's edition of Horsepower Happenings. For Scott Menlin, who pays the bills. Rich France, who does some of the stuff that we ask him to. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.